PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where board studying continues to be enjoyable and unforgettable, making memories each episode. My name is Blake Briggs, and I'm joined today by the one and only Iltafat Hussein. Making memories each episode? I love that. I know. It's like Disney, but for You medicine. just came up with that on the fly, didn't you? I did. I just made it up. Genius. Hey, so this is a continuing series, uh, a collab as we call it, with ASEP's Peer 9 board review. They give us some awesome questions from their peer database, and we lend them our exquisitely awesome voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for each 15-minute episode, you gain high-yield board knowledge, as you like to say, come for the stems. Stay for the content and really stay for the chemistry between these two hosts. Yes. The banter, the stories, the memories. The memories. Hey, tell us about this uh, rapid fire thing we're doing. Oh, yeah. We're doing an awesome three to five minute rapid bomb podcast. You'll notice a name change from some of the other podcasts that we've dropped. This used to be called EM Rapid Fire, but we got a lot of requests from folks saying that they wanted something more similar to our old name and there was some confusion out there. So we changed it from EM Rapid Fire to EM Rapid Bomb. Again, to align more with our name, still sounds pretty sweet. These are quick three to five minute podcasts that get delivered to you daily. We have hit more than 50 pods now, which is pretty nuts. It's such a sense of accomplishment when you listen to those episodes. It really is. You're just getting, you're just slamming questions like each five minutes. Right. It's to the point. Right. And you learn so much. Yes, you sure do. Hey, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ian Bombs. Let's go through this topic. Dr. Hussain, why don't you hit us with a question today? For sure. A 70-year-old man presents with severe abdominal pain, nausea, obstipation. Oh, Ooh. big word. Right. Nausea and vomiting, 36 hours of gradual onset. When you ask him what happened, he replies, quote, I ate my usual at cookout, a cookout-style burger with everything on it, but this time I got a milkshake instead of the usual large sweet tea I get with my tray combo, end quote. He also comments to you why cookout always asks him if he, quote, wants everything on it when he asks for a cookout style burger. Obviously, you agree with him here because if you're ordering a cookout style burger, clearly you're going all in. There is not oh a gosh. in-between here. There really isn't cookout. When you're going in for cookout style burger, you're going all in. I mean, who's going to say no lettuce on that cookout style burger that has 10 different ingredients on it? Or chili. Yeah, and don't expect it to be a fresh bun on there. It's just not going to happen when you go all in. No. Anyways, no. moving on. A physical exam reveals that he is gaunt and has a distended and tympanitic <laughs> abdomen. How do you pronounce that, Dr. Briggs? Please tell me. Tympanitic, I think is right. That is right. That is <laughs> diffusely tender to palpation without rebound or guarding. His vital signs are heart rate 121, blood pressure 130 over 90, respiratory rate is 23. Abdominal x-rays are obtained and they show a diffusely enlarged colon with bowel edema 
and lack of haustra. <laughs> what is the correct next step? And remember, this is a 70-year-old male, about 36 hours of these symptoms, really bad abdominal exam, and you've gotten this x-ray that's showing a diffusely enlarged colon with bowel wall edema and lack of haustra. What is the correct next step? Is it A, laparotomy, B, NG2 placement, C, reduction barium enema, or D, sigmoidoscopy? Ooh, this is a, this is a good one. ASAP, mm-hmm. just roll in here. What's the correct answer, Dr. Briggs? Correct answer here is going to be choice D, sigmoidoscopy. And mm. wow, um, ASAP rolling out the big dollar words here. Right? Obstipation, I, tympanitic, haustra. Right, for someone who was in ESL growing up, because it really was my <laughs> second language, English. I mean, they were really trying to trip me up here. Yeah, there's <laughs> some good words here. Hey, uh, those are words I haven't heard since uh, like presenting med student, you know. Yeah. presentations in the yeah ED. De- definitely not in my esl class those words and <laughs> when my residents sometimes i trip up on words with my residents that is what i use as my excuse hey it's my second language so the radiograph in this question stem reveals a sigmoid volvulus and it's a classic board question abdominal pain question mm-hmm. and it's consistent with the patient's signs and symptoms which include this quote-unquote triad of abdominal pain distension and constipation which honestly could be a lot of things but here is, I'm about to drop some board pearls here. You ready for this? Yes. You ready? Are you sitting down or, or pacing? Um, stopped pacing. Now I'm listening. Sigmoid volvulus is the second most common cause of large bowel obstructions. The number one cause of large bowel obstructions are tumors. So if you get a question on the boards, what's the most common cause of large bowel obstructions? You pick tumors. However, if they ask, what's the most common cause of all bowel obstructions overall, both small and large bowel? Well, that's obviously adhesions. Wait, you got you to gotta repeat that. Hold on. That is huge. That's what everyone's listening to this pod for. Yep. So the number one cause of all bowel obstructions that's both small and large bowel together is adhesions. We all know that. However, we'll try to sneak this in. The most common cause of large bowel obstructions or tumors, followed mm. by sigmoid volvulus. Mm. Talk about sigmoid volvulus sneaking in there as number right. two. Right. Hey, talk about this uh, radiograph findings. So radiographic findings in sigmoid volvulus, are, there's the classic findings that include the, quote, coffee bean sign, end quote. Oh, yes, Or yes, a yeah. shape resembling a bent inner tube. Oh, exactly. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I think of the, I don't know why people have to see a coffee bean. I definitely see a bent inner tube. <laughs> right. Like, really, really. So the sigmoid is generally displaced from the left iliac fossa and points upward towards the diaphragm. Hmm. Volvulus can occur at any age, but most often affects older adults. So that's why we gave you this older adult here that frequents cookout. The mean age is 60 to 70 years of age. Distinguishing a sigmoid volvulus from a cecal volvulus on abdominal radiographs can be very challenging. Don't expect to get tested on that. They're going to give you other clues uh, like we will in a few minutes. On x-ray, the 
kidney bean sign is seen in cecal volvulus and mm, the yes, cecum yes. is generally displaced medially and superiorly resulting in seeing small bowel in the right iliac fossa rather than large bowel Ugh. i know it's awful isn't it it is can you just take it from here hey so let's just make it simple here here are the really key differences one they're not going to show you too many x-rays of these volvuli is that the correct plural term <laughs> probably not but we're going to go with it yeah volvuli i like putting i on the end of things yes. and that makes it sound better so do you really have to know coffee bean sign versus bent inner tube versus kidney bean? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. What they're going to do is they're going to show you an x-ray. It's going to be a dilated, awful-looking large bowel or small bowel. And they're going to present the question stem that fits that presentation, right? Right. And so the difference that we just mentioned here, the hints that you're going to have to tell between sigmoid and cecal volvulus is not just the x-ray alone. They would never do that. Um, here's the thing. Sigmoid volvulus is different from cecal volvulus in many ways. One, age alone. Remember that sigmoid volvulus is going to be in older patients, greater than 60 years old. Cecal volvulus is going to be more in younger patients. By younger, we don't mean 20s and 30s. We mean like 40s and 50s. Right. Location. We already said sigmoid volvulus. That makes sense. So remember that cecal volvulus, obviously in the cecum. And these are in contrast to sigmoid volvulus, plain films are not always at diagnostic. Also in contrast to sigmoid volvulus, the preferred treatment is surgery first, not sigmoidoscopy. Speaking of sigmoidoscopy, why is that the correct answer here? You want to go into a little more detail on that? Right. So again, in sigmoid volvulus, initial treatment is usually sigmoidoscopy to attempt endoscopic detorsion. That was the answer choice here, right? And endoscopic decompression is successful in 50 to 90% of the cases. If gangrenous bowel is present or detorsion is not successful, then surgery is indicated. The overall mortality rate for sigmoid volvulus approaches 20% and is higher than 50% in patients with gangrenous bowel. Ugh, not good. Hmm, not good. Not good at all. Hey, Blake, we always like to go into why the other answer choices aren't, mm-hmm. you know, aren't right here. Can you do that? I'd be happy to. Thanks for asking. Choice A, laparotomy is wrong because initially we just said if no perforation is present for a sigmoid volvulus, sigmoidoscopy should be attempted first. Surgery is also indicated if the bowel is gangrenous or if the reduction attempt is unsuccessful. Choice B said place an NG tube. Well, nine times out of ten, that's always going to be wrong because NG tubes suck. <laughs> so conservative management with NG tube and bowel rest does not resolve sigmoid volvulus and can also allow progression to necrosis. Not good. Mm-mm. Choice C was reduction barium enema. Probably also not a good idea Mm-mm. in general in Mm-mm. ED. So reduction barium enema may be attempted for interception, but this patient is 70 years old, so they probably don't have your typical interception. The question doesn't really describe an adult interception. And in sigmoid volvulus, especially in a case like this one, with you have obvious radiographic evidence, the loss of the haustra. Haustra. <laughs> and enema is not the right choice to resolve the patient's symptoms hey uh bring it together give me a quick summarize summary here, no you summarize please. it you yeah. summarize it. it's okay. your turn yeah, yeah. i'm sick right. of talking i'm tired i want i want coffee uh, i don't want a bent inner tube i want coffee i just don't want to you know you know again this language that i have to use here right all right so a couple key hot phrases you need to know hot take hot take abdominal x-ray showing a diffusely enlarged colon with bowel edema and a lack of haustra and 
you're looking at someone 65 years plus with abdominal pain concerning abdominal exam, be thinking about sigmoid volvulus. Another key thing, sigmoid volvulus is the second most common cause of large bowel obstructions. Number one is tumors for, again, large bowel obstructions. The most common cause of bowel obstructions overall, both small and large, are adhesions. Radiographic findings with sigmoid volvulus are the coffee bean sign or some sort of shape resembling a bent inner tube. Yes, it's weird. I know. But now you know. Just got to get over it. Just got to get over it. Completely agree. There's a lot of weird things in medicine. (laughs) There are. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we talked about how we talked about key uh, epi things that you need to know for the boards, key uh, radiographic findings as well. And then the treatment modality, again, being sigmoidoscopy here as well. That's pretty much all I think you're going to need to know. Two or three different ways that they're going to ask you this on the boards. You're going to knock them out. That's it. We promise you. We're done. We're done. And you know what? Next time you go to a cookout, get a cookout style burger. If you don't know what that is, you need to come visit the Southeast. Check out our website, emboardbombs.com. You'll see a bunch of handouts there, airway modules, a bunch of other good stuff. As we mentioned at the beginning, we have launched a new tool, new product, EM Rapid Bombs. Uh, We were calling this EM Rapid Fire before, but changed the name to align more with our main podcast. We appreciate all the support we've gotten there. A lot of folks are supporting us on that platform. We drop three to five minute podcasts almost on a daily basis. Quick question answer reviews with a coaching aspect to it with spaced repetition and learning as well. Again, that's going to be emrapidbombs.supercast.tech. You can find more information on our website and also the description of this podcast. Again, appreciate everyone's support. Thanks so much.